Thank you again for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Y'all already know what it is, man. It's um, it's Jerome back on the scene, you know, with a quarantine lean. I think we're on it on addition, quarantine, quarantine lean. What is it? 45, 46, maybe. I've lost count, to be honest. Um, it's been so much going on um, in today's world. I've tried to dumb my pod. Well, I wouldn't say even dumb my podcast down because that's not cool. I'm a real, real hip hop fan. Um, I love the ratchet shit, you know. I mean, what you going to do? Hate me? I don't care. But that's what I'm into. So I've been doing hip hop reviews. Um, I've been focusing more on the urban side of things when it comes down to um, urban news and hip hop. I was very, very political when the quarantine lean first started, when the chicken and Kool-Aid um, podcast first started. I changed the name, whatever. But I think that with what's going on in the world today, I think that I'm just going to have to revert back because these are some of the things that we cannot, that I will not ignore. Um, so for the for the most part, there has been police shootings. The police shootings have started back again, right? Really and truly, they never stopped. But the situation is, well, let me just stick to the facts first before I even start to break things down. There was an officer or the officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Were not charged for shooting. Jacob Blake. They were not charged. And for the most part, of course, this, you know, this this has me pissed off. To the highest extent of. But then again, I knew what was eventually going to happen. I knew. And I think that at this point in time, we need to understand us as African-Americans, us in the United States, really, because it's not only African-Americans that's being pulled into these protests, um, that's pulled into these rallies that's pulled into, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and defunding the police and, you know, all of these, I would say, strong talking points. But at the end of the day, we see a lot of time, a lot of energy. It's people that went to jail. It's people that has risked their lives. It's people that's died in these streets trying to push the message of Black Lives Matter and police brutality. And to see an outcome such as this It is really, really a sh- and truly a slap in the face. Um, if, if anyone has actually t- taken a look at my 
um, or listen to some of my podcasts from, you know, 2018. This is how long I've been at this. You know, when I was, man, struggling on a bus. Um, I was catching a bus from Rockford, Illinois to Chicago, Illinois every day. I would have to leave my house at 10 o'clock to make it to work by one. Um, I would get there at 1230, you know. Um, so to keep me calm, I used my podcast as a, I guess, as a focusing tool to keep me focused because man, mentally, I mean, my job was draining. I wasn't making any money. It was just, it wasn't a good, it wasn't the best time, but I think during those times I was, I was able to produce some pretty, pretty good content though. So I'm pretty happy with that. But I'm saying this to say that, I mean, I'm saying that to say this, if you go back and you listen, I was talking about some of the same exact things in regards to politics, in regards to police brutality, in regards to um, the African-American community, in regards to African-American men, in regards to us and the black dollar. And how does that correlate into today's world? With a power structure. With a power structure. Um, that is. What they say ironclad. I mean can you imagine. A. A group of ants. Right. Somehow. Is existing in in a prison, right? And these ants are able to survive, but they're walking amongst men, right? These ants are pretty much out of their environment and they could be destroyed at any given time. Sometimes I feel as though that this is the power structure that we're in. And when we try to voice our opinion, we're just like the ants. Like if we crawl on somebody, we could bite them and they'll be like, and it's over with. The ant is dead. Or if there's a group of ants, then they could just get together and destroy the ants. Sometimes I feel like that. And I'm not being negative. This is the truth. This is how I feel. And if you want to check me on this, please do. This is a chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I never shy away from criticism. But if you think about the amount of time, the amount of energy, the amount of emotional Distress that was put on people during these protests in Portland, Oregon, in Wisconsin. I think there were some in Kentucky and Missouri. I mean, pretty much all over the United States. People were rioting right here in Rockford, Illinois. And I was very, very candid and saying, you know what, for whatever reason, even though there hasn't been 
bloodshed as far as to police and people. It hadn't got to that point to where like there was like a, a, a shootout. Every time that people decided to get together to protest, there was always a strong police force. And these people were heavily armed. And I always stated, you know what, that there has to be a better way of protesting. So. I think social media is one of the biggest outlets ever. I think the African-American voice um, through social media is the biggest outlet in the world, regardless of what's going on. I mean, you can see the ripple effects of Clubhouse right now. It just came out. And African-Americans dominate Clubhouse right now. Everybody wants to get on Clubhouse right now. And in, and our voices are so influential through social media to hell with boycotting. So. Let's back up for a moment. A unarmed black man was killed, was shot and killed for trying to defuse a situation. I think that's what the story is. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was in Wisconsin. A woman and her boyfriend was in their home, not bothering anyone. The police battered the door in. They said that they said police. Either way, this woman ended up dying. Her boyfriend ended up being in the hospital from gunshot wounds. Nothing happened to the police. And the state's attorney for Kentucky or Louisville, whichever one, refused, refused to prosecute the police officers. Come to find out that they were actually tracking an electronic device. And the person that they were actually looking for was next door. They tried to paint the woman out who they killed, an innocent woman, as being a drug dealer, as being, you know, having some type of connections with the, you know, with the underlying drug world there in Louisville, whatever, some wild up, jacked up scenario. Nothing happened to these people. Nothing really happened to them. This woman can never go back home to her family. And they told and they told her boyfriend because I think that they were involved in a shootout. This is how things start to happen. They didn't know who was at the door, so when they busted the door down, dude start shooting. Can't really blame him for that. 
You see what I'm saying? He didn't know who it was. Quote unquote, he was afraid for his life. So. Nothing happened to these people. Now, think about this. They told this guy. If he make a plea deal, mind you, dude is still in jail. I think dude is still in jail. And they trying to get him to make a plea deal. And I know. If somebody's listening to this, like in another country. Or even if this was back in the day, you'd be like, damn, man, are you making this shit up? No. Not making it up. This is really, really what happened. So. It was a woman. A 50 year old woman. In Chicago. See, this is the reason why I had to step back from this shit, because. When you start to break things down and, and you start to hear these things from a normal person, not a politician, um, not the mayor. Not anybody of Chicago, Miss Lori Lightfoot. This woman was in her bed, chilling. She had just made it home. She's about 50 years old, man. All of a sudden, the same shit happened. This woman is in there. She probably having a glass of wine, maybe smoking her a joint or having a cigarette, whatever the case she doing, whatever it is. Or maybe just having a glass of water or watching, you know, having a sandwich or something, trying to catch up on Chicago PD. Whatever it is, she was minding her own damn business. Next thing you know, boom, freeze, 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 freeze. You know that they made this lady stand outside butt naked for like 45 minutes. They wouldn't even allow the woman to put on no clothes. It's almost like on some New Jack City shit. When Wesley Snipes was walking the dude down, down the street, butt ass naked and he crying and shit. That was so graphic. We didn't even think that we would even experience this shit in real life. It really fucking happened. Now, mind you. Rahm Emanuel, which is the prior mayor or the last mayor of Chicago. He withheld the tapes of Laquan McDonald. Also, another victim of police brutality. He withheld the tapes and the video. Then when the shit came out, everybody was like, Rom got to get his ass up out of here. Guess what? Guess what Ms. Lightfoot did? Withheld the fucking video. Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm going to go there on her. Because you're a black woman. Now, 
Number one, you a woman. Number two, you a black woman. So with all the different things and all the different struggles that women are going through or have went through. In regards to power structures of the United States. Out of all the struggles that African-American women have went through generation after generation after generation. You have enough damn nerve to withhold this from the public. For what? I'm very disappointed in you. Me, myself, personally, in my own personal opinion at this point in time, it may be time for you to think about relieving yourself from the position. Because that was not something of integrity, Miss Lightfoot. This woman will forever remember this experience. Now, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking in. For tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I know this shit is getting good. And I know that some of y'all think that I'm making this shit up. Don't think it. Fact check me. Okay. This is Quarantine Lean. We're on volume number 46, 47. We're in the 40s. Okay. I'm in the 40s. I just turned 43. Happy birthday to me. Right. Man, I want to salute to everybody that's down there in Bastrop, Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Strop City. Everybody that's in the hundreds. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that's in Rocktown, salute to y'all. It's Taco Tuesday in my LeBron James voice. But uh, I just had to I just had to calm down for a minute, man, because I know sometimes I be doing a little bit too much and I get too animated and I don't want to say anything disrespectful toward Miss Lightfoot. But, hey, you know what? You on bullshit. It is what it is. Now, I know some of you all are like, you know what, Jerome, where are you going with this? Like, make it all make sense. I'm going to make it make sense. Right. But if y'all hear some ruffling, mind your business. It's me trying to find my damn phone charger. I'm using Anchor. Okay, so I got to charge my phone. So don't talk slick. Right. But. I'm going to make it make sense. And here's the reason why. Right. With all the amount of time that we have invested in protesting, with all the amount of time that we've invested in police brutality, with all the research that's been done, with all the advertisement dollars um, that's been put into this between the NBA and the NFL I don't think Major League Baseball participated. I definitely don't think hockey participated. But the two main the two main sports right now, the United States is dominated as far as sports is concerned with men, football and basketball. Those are the two things, you know. So think about the marketing campaign that the NFL had. Unbelievable. And I got to tie Jay-Z into this, too, because, um, he, you know, Rock Nation uh, struck the, struck the deal with the with the um, with the National Football League. And, you know, everybody was asking themselves, did Jay-Z use the wave of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement to parlay that deal? 
What do you think? I don't want to speak on bad on Hove. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Even if he did, um, Jay-Z is a man with, with, with integrity and good intentions. Salute and respect to that guy. I got nothing but the utmost respect. But here in the same time, though, when we're sitting down and we're having these conversations with these people in power and we still see the same result, it's just like they, man, it's checkmate, man. It's checkmate every time. Or matter of fact, we thinking that we have the checkmate when we make these deals like, yeah, you know what? Defund the police. And we come up with these slogans. This is our checkmate. But then when they come down and they move the pawn and that's going to free up the queen and then they come back up with the rook and then come right back up and put the king and, and, and put the queen right by the fucking king and you go to move and you're like, oh, well, sh this is a free piece. No, 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 no. You didn't move your pawn. You made a power move. We moved our weakest link. To free up our power. And that. Is our checkmate. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's like so. When we when we move, it's almost like, hey, crown me on the checkers. When they move, they're going through the checkmate scenario. And it's nothing that we could do about it. It's nothing that we could do about it. So. Now that you all see where I'm coming from, what so asking yourselves. So, Jerome, what are you saying? Are you saying that we shouldn't protest? What are you? I'm saying this. I'm saying that we should let a certain group of people handle this. I'm sick and tired of seeing Ben Crump come out and say, hey, that's not right. And then all of a sudden there's a frenzy of black people. Oh, 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 oh. That, you know, that gets emotional. I'm saying that what we need to do and, and this is just my opinion. This is not also not going to stop police brutality. But with the amount of time and the amount of energy, you know what? You know what I would like to see? I would like to see 1,000. 1,000. Stores. Locally owned stores. Convenient stores in urban areas by 2040. That's to me, that's black owned. To me, that's tangible. So now some people are saying, well, Jerome. What are you talking about stores? Why, why aren't you talking about um, schools or um, homes, 
home ownership and this and this and this. Look, the African-American black dollar, the almighty black dollar, salute out to Rick Ross, is the most or the 10th most valuable currency is either 10th or 13th. You can check me on that. Do, do your own fact check. But I'm not leading. I'm not steering you wrong. In the entire world. So can you imagine during the quarantine, during the COVID-19 scenario, how many African-Americans have died? How many have died? Not because their immune system was weak. It's because they couldn't actually afford to go to the hospital to fucking begin with. Their families did not have money. Some of them didn't have money to transport. Some of them couldn't afford a night in the hospital. Some of them couldn't afford to get the internet on, to actually research possible options. What to eat, how to position your body, different things such as that. Economics, ground-based economics is very, very important. We very, very rarely see People, our people saying, hey, you know what, man, enough is enough of this shit. I see too many Arabs. I see too many um, Jewish businessmen, you know, uh, or I see I see too many Asians. Or I see too many Caucasian people in our neighborhood. Can we get our own business? We have so many people out here. As a matter of fact, we have so many people out here that's doing the exact opposite. They'll fuck around and get together and start boycotting the black business because they had a negative experience. But yet and still, uh, an Asian could hit somebody upside the head and call them all out their name. And they'll still go back. It's a conditioning scenario, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing the exact same thing every trip. Every trip. Whenever we're in a crisis, they know that we're going to boycott. They know that we're going to march. They know that we're going to riot. So companies automatically, now they're starting to get smart and automatically start to start to um, board up businesses and shut the doors. Bingo. That's one way to stop. Them. Also, another thing is, is that they're saying, hey, look, we're going to have heavy police activity in these areas. So if somebody even thinks about breaking down those doors, then we're going to be there. And if they get loud and they and if they get outrageous, right? Then you know what we're taking everybody out, everybody to jail. At this point in time, when these things are going on, it is utterly and completely removing, slowly but surely, 
the focus off of why the fuck are these people out here anyway? Oh, I forgot. Black people are still, there's still police brutality. There's still mismanagement with people of power. Oh. But yet it's still, you know, they have enough nerves to be trying to serve justice for some fucking TVs and a couple pair of pants and some shoes. That's worth more to them than this person that has been unjustly killed that will never fucking come back. Sony can make TVs until they can't get the rest of the damn material from Africa. Forever. We can't get these people's lives back. Y'all stop me if I'm lying. Check me, please. And another thing. This year was one of the most murderous times in the city of Rockford since 1995-1996. I think it's been over 40 murders. Why why are you saying that, Jerome? African Americans make up about 10% of the population here. Also, African Americans used to be about 30, maybe 40% of Chicago. It's not like that anymore. They probably make up probably about 20% of the city's population now. Which in Chicago, that's still a lot. But the amount of violence that goes on in our community. And I'm talking about murders. I'm talking about carjackings. I'm talking about rapes. I'm talking about um, kidnappings. You name it. It goes on. I had stated African-Americans need to stop and stay out of the voting process. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming with this real shit tonight. Why are you saying that, Jerome? You already said that, you know, boycotting police brutality is not effective. No, it's not. Okay, you talked about economics with that. You didn't really give us a real reason about how it could combat police brutality, which it damn near can't. But at least economics can uplift our people and put our people in positions of power. Economically, it could get us out of the damn poverty line. Hello, somebody. Black boys are living below the poverty line, which has a direct correlation with violence in our community. So now. Let's start about the violence. Let's talk about the violence, which a lot of people fail to realize. They say, oh, black on black crime doesn't. I'm going to give a damn what you want to call it. Black people hurting other black people is not cool. Point blank, period. I said that we need to boycott the voting process. African-Americans should. Do you know that? They almost made it seem like that it was black people's fault that Donald Trump was elected. And they tried to put the black vote and say that, oh, that was going to swing 
that was going to swing Joe Biden into the presidential candidacy. I tell you what. If we got two glasses of water. And it's hot outside. A good old country day in Louisiana where you could see the, the heat waves coming up off the ground. And every now and again, a, a rattlesnake will get so thirsty to have to come out of that damn snake's, snake's den to go to the other side of the road to try to find some water. That's how hot it is. A snake will expose itself because it's just so thirsty. And I'm trying to make a correlation here. The temperature of the United States was almost about to the soap, the social temperature of the United States was almost about to explode. OK. Imagine you being in that heat. That temperature you have one, you have a glass of water here, which is about half of a cup. And then you have a tall. Now, mind you, in that half a cup, it is, you know, some crushed ice. It's cold. It'll quench your thirst. But on the other side, you got a whole cool. You got a whole pitcher with chunks and chunks of ice. Which one do you think is going to be more fulfilling? It's common sense. The one. That has the most chunks of ice. That has the most water. Because guess what? Once you drink that small glass. It's over with. You're still going to be thirsty. The next 30, 40, 50 minutes. I'm saying this to say this. The damn. Caucasian vote. In the United States. Is the biggest fucking vote ever. Y'all hear that shit outside? They beating down the fucking block. I live in the hood, y'all. This is a chicken and Kool-Aid podcast for real. <laughs> I live in the hood. I love that shit, you know? But uh, the Caucasian vote is the biggest vote. Why are they constantly putting things on minorities? Hold the fuck on. Okay. Just checking, y'all. Sometimes we got to be careful. But <clears throat> the Caucasian vote is the biggest, it's the biggest vote in the United States for real. And every problem that we have politically in the United States is not African-Americans fault. It is the Caucasian fault. It's the Anglo-Saxon. It's the white voters. They make the laws. They're in control of the laws. So what would it. What would what would the. Negative effects would be if African-Americans took one year off from voting. And said, hey, you know what? We need to get to reconnect with ourselves from a cultural standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from a health standpoint, 
and from an economic standpoint. You know, some black people can't stand to be around other black people. They'll instantly start looking side eyes. They'll instantly start to throw up gang signs or they'll instantly start to compare assets and say, I'm doing better than you. They'll instantly start to find like little small comments to make about each other. Putting each other down. You want to know why? Because mentally. We're separated. Mentally we're separated. We don't have that sense of mentally. We don't have that sense of being together. We don't have that sense of one. Until it's something like, you know what? Shit, if it's time to fight. You may see that. Or if it's time to have fun. You may see that. But mentally. We don't have it. We don't have that sense of togetherness. And I think this is what we need to get back to. I've always said, you know what? Hey, look, I don't give a damn where I'm at. I shouldn't have to worry about my life if I go around other black people. I shouldn't have to worry about that. And to me, this is something of God. I'm not going to get too deep on y'all, but like I said, I am bringing the shit tonight. Look, if you can't get along with your fellow man, how do you and forgive and fellowship? How do you expect God to bless us as a people? We need to reconnect. I'm not talking about going back to Africa. I'm talking about with our people right here in the United States. But I'm not going to hold y'all tonight, man. I just really wanted to let y'all know that the shit that I talked about in the past, it came to pass. We see that there is a different power structure and the things that we're doing and the things that we're trying to implement is not working, y'all. Newsflash is not fucking working. These people will sit down in front of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And before you know it, nothing happens. That's why I say, you know what? We need to go just as damn hard when a black kid, man, woman, child is killed by another black man. We need to go just as hard. It's not natural. It's not natural. We're not thinking this through. 
But y'all leave me y'all thoughts. Man, just know I'm in. I'm praying for y'all, man. Everybody that got family members that's out there, man, and lost family members since COVID-19, man. Y'all be careful. Don't y'all be fooled and try to go to Atlanta and Houston and try to live y'all life and shit. Go to Vegas and all this type shit. This shit is real. Don't put your damn life and your family in jeopardy because you see people out here turning up because of damn flights and shit is cheap. Like I said, man, this is the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. I'm just calling it like I see it. And if anybody out there don't like it, man, check me, right? Leave me a message or something. I won't give a damn. Check me. If you have subject or dialogue that you would like to have on the podcast, if you want to be a guest, whatever, you want to sing, you want to rap, you want to talk about King Louie, you know what I'm saying, from the shy, if you want to talk about, oh my God, a uh, sweetie Quavo girlfriend. She got a nice little track out, by the way. Uh, you know, we could, you know, we could rap about that. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about the NFL season, NBA season, whatever, whatever. It's all love, man. I appreciate you all for tuning in to the Chicken and Kool-Aid podcast. Quarantine lean. We on volume number from anywhere from 41 to 46, man. I'm going to holler at y'all. Y'all be smooth.